0: All right, welcome to Electric Skatecast. I am your host, Jay Grand GR. Uh with us this week, we have, as always, Terminal X. Good evening. And a special guest this week. We have uh Sam J Adelaide. Uh welcome to Electric Skatecast, Sam.
1: Thank you, fellas. Awesome to be a part of this. Uh crossover event of the decade, I think a few people have called it. <laughs> oh, and and, absolutely.
0: Uh, Avengers has nothing on us. Oh yeah, my that's
1: goodness. It. Shots fired. <laughs> And uh it's good morning from my part of the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good morning to you, Sam. I know you're you're basically a full day ahead of us. You're in
1: the future, if you will. I love telling people welcome to the future when they talk to me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's 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 still the same. Sorry. No, no. Tomorrow totally you're fine. T- tomorrow <laughs> you wake up and Trump's still gonna be in charge of your country. There's nothing I can do about that. I apologize. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we appreciate you giving it a shot,
0: Sam. You yeah. know. There's only so much we can do. Let's kind of get started by uh, getting to know each other a little bit. Um, Sam, you've been recording podcasts for quite some time now. Um, you've sat, you've had recently some very large uh, and cool and fascinating guests on your show. Um, you had Hoyt skate very recently um, on to talk about some of the things that they have going on. Uh, you've had Alex from Lacroix um, oh, from you've had where? People from evolve. La- uh, from LaCroix! Ooh. Sorry, this
2: is LaCroix, right? <laughs> yeah, LaCroix. <laughs>
0: um, but you've had some amazing people on your show, and it's just a testament to the quality of content that you create. Uh, so we're just really happy to have you on board. But as far as like your backstory, how did you get started um, in content creating and podcasting?
1: Uh, well, thanks very much, Joe. That's uh, really kind words. Um, I appreciate it a lot. I appreciate all the feedback that's been coming my way uh, since, since undertaking this little project, it's been phenomenal, but, uh, also tip of the hat to you guys as well for jumping in and, um, doing your own sort of style of content audio, the more the merrier. And I think it's been great how we've both been supporting each other and sort of promoting each other a little bit as well, because the community has so many different voices and so many different takes on things, so many different, uh, ways of communicating their message. I find, I find people's opinions very, very interesting because they're often based on their own personal experience and they're subjective. Mm-hmm. And I don't find that a bad thing. You know, it, uh, Personal taste and personal flair when it comes to different boards, writing styles, opinions of what's happening out there in the industry is all incredibly fascinating to me. So um, I love the fact that it's not just me out there in podcast land, it's you guys. It's uh, Chris from Average EScape Reviews. He's doing stuff in the audio space now. Um, Absolutely. Who else is Who else is doing audio? Fat Daddy was doing it for a little bit. Um, yeah, they've
0: they've done a couple of podcasts. Um, yeah. I know
1: they did one. I think their most
0: recent one uh, was with Inertia. Remember the name Inertia? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Ooh. That's yeah, they recently did, that was their most recent, I believe. So.
1: Okay, and that was when they were still operating, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. It was kind of on the tail end, but they were there.
1: Yeah. Oh well. Look. Um. The, uh, the thing of it is, I'm just um, I'm just continually happy to be a part of it. Uh. It's a great community of, particularly the creators, the creators within the community. There's not a lot of animosity between creators in the Eastgate world. Everyone supports and sort of rallies behind each other and supports each other's work, which is something I absolutely love. But of of sorry to get to your question. <laughs> I've been podcasting for probably a little less than six months, and it's been an evolution. Um, before that, I was primarily a blogger and I uh, decided to review boards uh, through written word, and that had various spikes of success. Um, I went through a few different platforms with it, and I went through a few different evolutions of mindset with how I wanted to present myself in my work, and ultimately, ultimately, it just got a little dry. Uh, A lot of the boards coming out were relatively 90% the same uh, at the time. Things are quite different now, actually. But at the time, they were pretty much 90% the same. And there just became less and less I could say about each one. So I just, I quietly shut that down and moved away from that. And just a through the positive reinforcement of a friend, a friend who runs a podcast uh, studio here in Adelaide, in my hometown, um, he's been pushing me for years to sort of take this e-skate commentary thing to the audio space. And I played with it once. Um, I wasn't quite up to speed with how to do everything correctly technically, and um, the results weren't fantastic. I did a few test recordings, and it was it was. Oh rubbish. It was just not good enough. <laughs> we asked spent um, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But um, went away, did a little bit more learning, did a little bit more growing, did a little bit more thinking. And I thought about actually, if I'm going to do a podcast, it needs to be more about just e-skate. I want it to be about all of the various interests that I have. And I experimented with that for a couple of episodes. And I think I think the advice from my friend, his name's Rory, and I did an episode with him. It's a really good episode. The advice from Rory started to ring true in that it's very hard to build and maintain an audience when you're casting your net that wide, particularly in the beginning. You know, you can't yeah, just the be scope
0: is so large.
1: Yeah, and people are like, "What's this podcast about? Why am I going to be returning each week or each fortnight if I have no idea what this guy's going to be talking about?" You know, episode in or episode out. Um, so I had a bit of a, a rethink again and thought, "Well, let's just focus on my main interest. It's it's what's built my audience in the first place." Let's keep a good thing going um, my interest in this hobby isn't waning at all so let's just do let's do an Eastgate podcast and if over time I feel like I can explore the reaches the never-ending reaches of my other interests in another podcast maybe that's a totally different thing um, so that's something that I might do in the future is is do a second a second show but finally settling on the formula of, the state of Eastgate has been a fantastic thing, and it's drawn in some some big names, as you said, and they've been awesome conversations to have. And I love that format, that conversational format, and really sort of getting uh, getting down into the dirty details with those guys. It's been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, Sam, I would say so. I was reading your reviews, your blogs you know, a couple of years ago when I was skateboard shopping. So a uh, huge shout out to you. I I, I was the one reading your, your blogs at 3 I'm trying to figure out, you know, what skateboard to buy. And then I remember, oh, sometime last year, maybe. I think I was on one of your social media uh, pages. And I remember you saying, hey, I'm going to make a podcast and it might not be all e-skate, but there will be some e-skate on it. And I thought to myself, he's going to make it all e-skate. <laughs> I, knew how, <laughs> I knew how passionate you were about it and how many people look up to you for unbiased reviews and, and expert opinions, including myself. Um, so I was just super excited to get a podcast with any e-skate. And I remember telling Joe, Hey, like Sam's doing this. Um, and it's not all exclusive e So we should, we should jump on it too and, and get an e podcast. And
1: you know, here we are. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. That's such a uh... Awesome feedback to hear. Um, glad I've no problem, been able man. to be of service um, in the community. That's really just the aim. I mean, if you want to go back even further, you know, uh, when Eastgate was so, so, so rare, the rarest of the rarest uh, of the mm-hmm. niche, um, particularly here in Adelaide, small small capital city in Australia, probably about the size of DC in terms of population where you are. Okay. Me and four other guys started the the Eastgate uh, the Eastgate group here, and it's been hard to, to to continue to rally momentum around it. And my love for it, my love for the hobby, is what really spurred me into doing something online. You know, starting with blogs, and you know, now mm-hmm. the podcast, and wanting to do a bit more in video. It's because I'm just addicted to it, and I know I'm talking to the right guys. But <laughs> <laughs> if if the if the group had come off a little a little better. You know, maybe I might not be doing this, but Adelaide's a a very conservative place. And I don't mean that politically. It's more like a a lifestyle, Um, very sort of quiet, reserved type people. They form their little uh, cliques early in life, usually through school, when they don't really deviate from that. Um, Mm -hmm. Due to where we're located in the country, not a lot of people leave, um, unfortunately, um, I think it's really important to get out of here once in your life. Mm. Go and live interstate for a couple of years, or, or yeah, go overseas. Things, you know. Yeah, you know, leave leave your father's tent and get the hell out there, and and then come back with a bit of perspective, which is what I did, and you know, some people do, but not a lot, and it, it has a bit of a has a bit of an effect of the people of Adelaide. So trying to get people out of their cliques and into something new and exciting, and to do it regularly and to put some some effort. You know, and and momentum into carrying it through—that's been really hard. Um, so if if we had had a, a highly engaged group, I might have just been putting all my energy into that group. But that's that, fair. yeah, it didn't quite work out that way. So I needed to look to spend that energy somewhere else. I would
2: say, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. The the way he's describing Adelaide has some vibes. I'm I'm getting about oh, it's very happening. similar. Yeah, our- yeah
0: very if- similar to our city. I mean, we're we're fairly conservative city. A lot of people in our city tend to just stick around in this city um, they go to school here through you know grade mm. school they go into uh, you know their secondary education here um, then they end up living here their whole lives a lot of the money oh, yeah. and things like that community in our city is like old money old people that have been here for a long time uh, families that have been here for generations and generations and generations so it sounds very similar and and our yeah our this growth rings very true as a as an Eastgate group here was also very slow at, at first, and now that Eastgate has been around for mm-hmm. some time, we've noticed that it's begun to grow quicker than we realized. Um, I know just a year ago we were at maybe ten members, and now we're close to fifty, if not more. So, yeah,
1: it's been incredible. We're very blessed. The uh, the curve seems to be pretty sharp.
2: Absolutely, as as the industry grows, um, and as traffic you know continues to rise in a growing city. Uh, and as you know, the population, the the workforce is getting younger. Uh, I, we're seeing electric vehicles, personal electric vehicles, become more of a, a of a main option instead
1: of a something to just glance at as it whizzes by you down the street. Is it just that collection of of various things that you think has co- caused that spike in in the last year, or do you think it's something? Could it potentially be something else.
2: Well, so, uh, Grand Rapids is a college town. I think we have five universities, not including, um, not including any extended, uh, campuses or, uh, what do they call satellite campuses? Um, so in fact, uh, when Apple, the, the, uh, technology company, uh, wanted to put an Apple store in our state, they picked Grand Rapids over much larger Detroit because they knew that Grand Rapids would be the, the college town with all the students and the young professionals.
0: Just to correct right. you real quick, we have 10 colleges in our, in our greater Grand Rapids area.
2: Wow. And we're well under a million people. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So uh, the six-month winter aside, this would be uh, a killer opportunity for uh, an electric
1: vehicle presence of some kind. Wow. That's crazy. So it's purely demographics and... Word starting to spread, more people being seen, and more people going. Holy crap! I need to get myself one of those.
2: Yeah, I, I've said it often. I'm, Grand Rapids is a, is America's largest small town. That, like Joe said that that tight knit community where family after family, generation after generation doesn't leave. Word travels fast um, when you are under five hundred thousand people, um, mm. and our downtown area isn't large. And uh, you know, w- we do several laps, and you know, it's it's almost like a public show of of Eastgate, um, So, which I love. I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, spookily similar to Adelaide. We've got a bit bit larger population. I think we got close to maybe twice that, but everything mm-hmm. else you said is, yeah, well, bullseye. It definitely helps too.
0: I mean, <laughs> awesome. the word of mouth and the way that we see things happen in this city is very quick. Um, and that's kind of how I actually met Terminal X myself. Um, he had posted something on uh, the electric skateboarding Reddit about riding in Grand Rapids. And I know that I had reached out at that point and realized that he was creating like YouTube videos and things like that. And that's actually how we met was through uh, him, like riding around Grand Rapids and skating uh, with different people. And from there, you know, we became this like close knit uh, couple of guys and started growing our local community. So it's, it, it definitely spreads quickly. And that's been our like best way of growth is that organic, see what's around see people doing Mm -hmm. it and people want to know more so
1: absolutely absolutely what got you guys started right back in the beginning i don't know who wants to go first either joe or terminal x but um
0: yeah absolutely so (laughs) my start in e-skate kind of starts with downhill skateboarding um i bought a loaded dervish with some purple orangutan wheels um that were nice and hard And me and my buddy were all about downhill. Uh, We watched like all these loaded videos of them doing downhill and doing things like that. And once we both moved to Grand Rapids, we were like, this is the best place to be. We live in a giant valley. There's a giant river right through the middle. There's tons of downhill opportunities. And because our city is fairly religious Sundays, there's nobody out. Um, So we're able to hit these big old hills um, and downhill and the worst part about going downhill is you have to go all the way back up to the top. So that's when I found out that you can get an electric (laughs) skateboard that does that for you. And from, from there it was history. (laughs) I, I got my first boosted board and it was like the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, it had the orangutan urethane. It had the loaded Vanguard. It was, it was the, the perfect skateboard to start on, especially coming from like a downhill background um Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how it started and then from there i just randomly ran into terminal x and we we ran from there so
1: yeah i think we met where you worked to paraphrase a bit so getting into e-skate for joe was a bit like just yeah your own personal ski lift do away with cars
0: altogether; we could just ride up the hill on our skateboard (laughs) i love it all right so uh i
2: actually started um in electric skateboard researching um i'm I'm confident it was a Casey Neistat video. I'm I'm not 100 percent certain, but he definitely played a part. And then from there, I just thought, well, this this thing is cool. This was back in 2017, and I remember doing the research all through the winter, waiting for my my tax refund, which is something we usually get um, every year. It was a solid amount of money, and you know, you're doing research. It's 2017, um, early 2017. Meepo hasn't really made its rise yet, so budget electric skateboards were sketchy and hard to come by. Oh yeah. Um, as you can imagine and boosted. Yeah. sounds great. But I mean, I, you know, I I was a broke 22 year old. Um, I remember seeing a Kickstarter or Indiegogo for something called an ivory board, which was oh, a yes. rebranded, a rebranded Onan X2. I didn't know that at the time. Uh, and I thought $700, you know, the, the speeds and battery that they claim sounds similar to a boosted board, a very flexi deck, everything, you know, the videos seem legit and you know, it, The company was based in Australia, despite Onan being a Chinese company, and I pulled the trigger on it. Uh, That summer it arrived, but to prep before it arrived, I went out and bought a regular longboard to learn how to to longboard because I had never stood on a skateboard a day in my life. And I thought this might be important to it learn how come to, to, balance <laughs> and, <laughs> to balance and to balance and right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty clumsy actually. And I, I was like, I should learn how to balance. And I mean, I'm talking, I was right there in the skate shop with all the cool skate clothes, like standing on the board, figuring out, okay, which foot, you know, goes where and all that stuff. And, uh, I, I'm left-handed, but I, I started to stand righty. Um, so I kind of got off to a weird start, but I, I made it work. And a couple months later, the board arrived and, um, it was great until I braked on a full charge going down a hill and
1: oh. fried it. And how, how did you come off? Did you do you come off worse for wear?
2: No, actually, I I did quite all right. I I ran it off into the grass, so instead of uh, road rash, I just got grass rash. Um, so so yeah, I no no scars from that. They sent me a replacement. Uh, I don't remember what it was. If it was an ESC or BMS, but uh, they sent me a replacement, and then I did it again a couple of weeks later. Um, <sighs> and then they sent me a third part i took it to chicago my first time ever riding in a big city and by this point i had barely ridden it in grand rapids so i i don't know what i was thinking i rode it in grand rapids or actually i rode in grand rapids went down to chicago you know you can't predict the weather and it rains a lot in chicago so i got a great dose of uh, water damage on my board you know brakes cutting out on me while i'm you know riding down busy traffic then i moved to a meepo board uh, after I had to say goodbye to the ivory board. Um, and that was a Meepo V 15. But before I bought it, I actually spent my spring break and went to Shenzhen, China to meet Kieran in person. No I way. Just, yeah. I sent him a, 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 cold email just straight up. Hey, uh, big fan of what you guys are doing. Um, I'm going to be in Shenzhen for the week. Is it cool if like I, I meet you guys somewhere and, and, and ask you guys a couple of questions, you know, and my emphasis was, I don't want to intrude on your, your, you know, your operation. Uh, you know, you guys are busy, whatever's convenient. And he was like, cool here's the address to our factory, come after lunch. Uh, And that was a wild experience, getting to meet their team and and seeing their operation. Um, And and his backstory about how he started could be a podcast in itself. Um, Downhill guy, super dedicated. He's in a factory district of a very large city. And um, the the story of how he assembled his team is Avengers-worthy, in my opinion. Um, uh, Like I said, I'll save it for another day because I don't want to misquote him on anything, but it was... um, I, having met him in person and seeing his intentions and and the way he talks about uh, his dedication to the industry and the community, that's why I tend to take what he says at face value because I've seen it, you know, face to face. He let me borrow a board for the week while I was there, so riding in China was probably the the closest I had been to death at that point. Um, and from there, I, I bought one of his <laughs> boards and I started making videos. Um, again, I had made some briefly with the uh, the ivory board uh, that you can <laughs> find if you dig very far. Very back Very entertaining. And yeah, very entertaining. Yeah, Um, not quite the style I do now. (laughs) I wanted to make videos again with the new board and um, it wasn't until summer 2018, 2019 that I even started to delve into my style of vlogging that I have now. Um, and the rest has just been history. Uh, working with different companies, ambassadoring here, marketing there, um, adding to the repertoire of boards hanging off the wall. And my goal is for the last year and a year two years has just been to assemble as many people into our group as possible and get people um, into it, regardless of what they ride, um, and making group rides for them. That's awesome.
1: How did you stumble across? The formula you're currently using because I think the first video I saw review was what your current formula right. is. You know, you've, mm-hmm. you've got the GoPro hanging yep. off of the TSG and I was like, this is totally different. That's what hooks me uh, is that uniqueness of that style because you know uh how many times can you watch you know the same sort of style video before you start creating right. something new and it was like oh bang <laughs> yeah. that is sweet I like this I'm enjoying this a lot and from someone who's always struggled to figure out how to how to make something new and fresh out of mm-hmm. their YouTube channel I was instantly drawn to it. I'm still struggling I'm still struggling to figure out exactly how to present my content on YouTube uh it probably will go down the road of more mm-hmm. ride videos and hopefully more reviews in the future. But again, I don't want to recycle the same sort of format that Absolutely. everyone's doing. And I don't really want to do it. And I don't want to do it until I find my thing, my way. Yeah, my well, I, I appreciate that. Um, so I'm still playing with it. So how the hell did you just go, you know what? Did you just do it one day on a, on a whim? And then when you were playing it back, go, oh, that's killer. I'm just going to stick
2: with that. Yeah. Did you, so what yes happened? and no. So first I'll preface this. I'll say it was like one of the greatest days of my Eastgate career when I saw you comment on my YouTube videos because I was like, oh, if this guy's subscribing. I got to keep doing this because it, 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 it meant that somebody that I respect <laughs> um, and that's respected by others uh, was drawn to it. Uh, but to answer your question directly, have you ever heard of the genre moto vlogging?
1: Oh yeah, I think
2: so. Right? Or at least I can visualize what it, it is just by the it's title. It's very similar. GoPro mounted on the helmet, either on the side or in front. There's a mic that feeds internally into the helmet, uh, give or take some modifications, and uh, that allows you to have crispy, fresh audio with a lack of wind noise. Because that's the key problem to overcome, right? Is that wind noise when you're trying to 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 vlog? And of course, with motorcycles, you have to be hands free. So you know, there's no DSLR on the you know GorillaPod. Uh, you know, Casey style. Um, it's all hands free. So I thought, well, that sounds kind of up my alley. Just a lot slower and a lot closer to the ground. Um, and there was a certain moto vlogger. I don't even know if he makes videos anymore. But the best way I can describe him is he's the character Deadpool on a motorcycle. He's hilarious. He purposefully rode bad motorcycles. He would he would prank the other riders he rode with, and they all had communications uh, uh via Bluetooth through their their helmets that they could all talk to each other and record it, which is something we're working on now. And I just remember thinking, this is the funniest version of a vlog that's action packed, right? You're, you're, you're riding motorcycles through the desert in, you know, across the nation and cool stuff like that. And there's a whole genre of motovlogging. vlogging. So I encourage people if, if you're into something that's a little different for vlogs, motovlogging vlogging is a blast because you it's in it's it's while it's happening, mm-hmm. right? You know, you have dangerous stuff happening, fast motorcycles, hopefully funny commentary and uh, I was hooked and I thought, I wonder if I can do maybe a, a, a more toned down, universally uh, a- appealing version of this on an electric skateboard, um, you know, having regular inside jokes and, and funny comments and, you know, commentary about what I'm seeing and what's happening and kind of making fun of myself. Um, and that's kind of where it came from. So if you, if you watch MotoVlogging, it's, it's very similar to my setup. Um, and I'm the first to admit that's where I got it because I, I want to see more of that style. Um, I think it's I think it's more mm, convenient for riders to be able to be hands free and just let the camera roll and and you you and your friends enjoy the the shredding of
1: the concrete jungle, as they say. Mm, the the perspective it gives is just fantastic, you know. And it's it's such an it's such an obvious it's such an obvious perspective to try to right. leverage. But you were the first person I saw do it. That um, uh, you look at it in hindsight and go, well, that was obvious. <laughs> and yet, and yet, you were the only person doing it. And um, I, I, I love it. I think
2: it's fantastic. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Like I said, that means the world to me. I've seen videos of people who have mounted GoPros on their cameras, usually for liability reasons in case something happens and it's recording. Um, but I have yet to encounter another eBoard video content creator of any kind that, that puts the mic internally inside the helmet. However, I have had. Multiple people ask me, and I have told them how to do it. And I've had people say, "I'm buying the mic," so I'm I'm hopeful that we're going to see more characters in this this Eastgate vlogging style, um, which I love. To me, it's it's just like adding more characters to a TV series, and and for me, that's awesome. I think I'm going to have to
1: work it in. I think I'm going to have to work it in somewhere. I mean, I don't want to just mm-hmm. lift it and and copy you co- copy paste, but I think I might have to work it into it what I do somehow because it's just it's so so much fun. Yeah it's a b-roll maybe who knows yeah there you go b-roll
0: well and we've we've toyed with some footage like that in the past as well um, using like an osmo because normally his vlogs have this first person mm-hmm. perspective and we've toyed with uh recording some osmo footage and putting that in the middle of his videos and things like that to break things up so i think it's all about just trying those different things and experimenting with it um mm. and that's what makes it such a unique style of e-skate um, he's never going to stop doing something that is, isn't unique. If, if it needs to change, then we'll Absolutely. always make that change yep, work. Yeah. Yep,
2: Joe's so. 100% right. I'm looking at second camera angles, uh, mounting, a, a kind of a, a selfie stick style of device to the bottom of the, of the bottom of the deck. So it, it, it juts out behind me. And then with a GoPro wide angle, you can get a good second glance and, you know, line the footage up and there you go. You've got two angles. Um, the problem with a second angle is it, t- it, it takes more time. And as you know, with group rides, I mean, we want to be riding, not turning on cameras and, you know, making sure everything's syncing. Um, And the more things you have on your your board, whether it's, you know, camera equipment, audio, all that stuff, that's more opportunities for things to break or fall off or, um, you know, not be recording the whole time. Uh, So the one thing I love about my GoPro on my my helmet is I just turn it on, record the mics already built into the helmet and, you know, we're rolling. So. Uh, it, the convenience and and ability to just instantly hop on the board, press record, and now I'm making a video uh, can't be understated. Uh, even though I am in favor of a second camera angle.
1: Hey, something you guys, uh, something I learned about you guys was the difference in previous skate skate experience between yeah. Joe and yeah. and TX. Yep. Have you guys Absolutely. had a bit of Have you guys had a bit of banter about that between yourselves about Yeah,
0: I I constantly. I'm like, why are you so afraid to go over railroad tracks? Why are you so afraid to do this? Why aren't you going this speed? Um, And I've only fallen one time uh, on on an e-skate. I've fallen many, many times downhill. But on an e-skate, I've only fallen the one time. And I swear, if not every time or every other time, uh, it's pretty often actually and i always give him a hard time like how did you fall man like what were we doing that was so different? yeah uh,
2: yeah i'm i'm a fairly conservative rider too so i i tend to uh under or maybe overestimate my or underestimate myself um if that's the right phrase so i i tend to think oh yeah i'm, I'm not gonna make it over those railroad tracks i can't go that speed Ooh, i'm I'm not gonna make that yellow light
1: but he always right does. yeah
2: I, I i usually just psych myself out um I, I tend to be a little, ang- I, I do, I have ridden for a long time, well, I think this is my fourth summer, but I I still tend to play it safe, especially after falling so many times and, and the the injuries I've sustained it, man, it just, it, it, I want to I be around riding for a long time and mm. sometimes it costs me a little bit of thrill, but I, I try my best to uh, amp it up uh, for both the fans and for my own experience and so I
1: can keep up with Joe. <laughs> Well, well. now a question for Joe. I mean, max respect for downhill. That's something I've never done, by the way. Um, and I, I can't wrap my head around those sorts of speeds and that sort of finessed control. Um, so massive amounts of respect for that. But in the amount of falls you've had, what type of injuries have you sustained from those falls?
0: So I've I've actually been very, very fortunate, um, knock on wood. I have never had a major injury uh, from any fall. Uh, the worst is some road rash. Uh, I've definitely scraped up my hands quite a few times. And when I did downhill, I wore many different pairs of gloves. My first pair of gloves was a set of work gloves. And we actually cut a cutting board with a circular saw and taped those onto some work <laughs> gloves. And those were like my first like sliding gloves That's for downhill. Hardcore. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So yeah. We were, I mean, we were just high schoolers, right? So at that time, it was just, we were just trying to figure out a way to do it um, and be safe about it. But yeah, the worst falls that I've ever had were definitely just scrapes. My, my recent fall on e-skate was probably the worst fall that I've had. Um, Yeah. I banged up my knee pretty good and I'm, I'm just getting older at the, at this point. So when I fall on my knee, it's like, okay, I I can't ride for a day or two. Like I need to nurse this. Um, Whereas when I was younger, you know, I fell, scrape my hand and be like, all right, let's just keep going. So it, it really, you know, I, I, I've been very fortunate. Um, and luckily I haven't had any major, major falls yet.
1: Yeah. See, I'm getting to something here. Um, TX, what are your, what's your injury list? What's your rep sheet?
2: Oh Lord. Okay. All right. Uh, in, <laughs> in order, in order of actual, um, injuries and not just like, you know, some road rash, uh, stuff that's kind of permanent. Um, two weeks into riding on my own in X2, I was hit by a car. Um, she merged into me, um, thinking that she was already past me. She tried to pass me on the road and, uh, she merged straight into me, broke several ribs. Um, I didn't go to the hospital, which is a terrible thing to say on, on, on the record. Uh, the reason is I had to go to Europe the next day and I was going with my mother. And if I told her the the injury, uh, she wouldn't have let me go on the trip. So I kept Mm. it to myself, but yeah, um, uh, I had somebody uh, mess with my shoulders a while back and they said, yeah, there's, a, there's something sticking out that's not supposed to be there. And then um, if I sit at a 90 degree angle with my legs uh, after a couple hours, they do start to ache. And that's, that's all happened since that one injury. So that's, that's major injury one. Um, major injury two, floored it uh, on very powerful belt motors with double kingpin trucks for the first time on a raw day. And no clue what I was doing. I thought, you know, three summers of Eastgate, I got this. And I wasn't wearing my helmet. The one time, um, the one time. Yeah, I'm, you're right. I'm always wearing my helmet. Um, and man, that that bit me. I had a, a, a TBI, traumatic brain injury, uh, the concussion of all concussions. Um, I broke my arm, I popped my eardrum. Uh, so the brain stuff, I lost my sense of taste and smell for several months um, and kind of had to rebuild a lot of uh, things that you do with your brain. Uh, comprehension, wow. fast decision making, uh, obviously taste and smell. Um, and I still have some scars on my knuckles and, and, and knees and elbows, which you get if you don't wear pads. So now I wear pads. Um, but those are, the, those are the two major injuries I've had um, with the TBI being by far the most obvious and uh wake-up call to go buy a second helmet that I can just throw on because my excuse was I, I I, I didn't have have my full face
0: around. Right. Yeah.
2: And my, the full face, especially with the camera gear takes a hot second to put on. And I just, I had literally pulled it out of the box. Um, and to be honest, that's the last thing I remember. I woke up the next day. Um, my, my helmet was still in the room. So I kind of deduced that my, my, my thought process was, well, I'm just riding down the street. I, I, I swear I only made it like 150, 200 yards, but I floored it. And, um, Uh, according to the injuries, I fell in the back of my head uh, and I just, I speed wobbled out of it um, and just, just smacked it. Um, So nobody knew really what happened. Yeah. It was a huge mess. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a whole podcast in and of itself with that adventure. That was, that was a week of, of trauma, especially for my family. I felt awful.
1: Yeah. No kidding. Um, So hence the message, always wear a helmet. Trust me.
2: Yes. Yeah. I've never discussed it on my video. Someday I'll, I'll tell the story. I'll make a video about it and I'll go to the spot where I fell and be like, listen, Um, but yeah, that's that's the reference I'm making. Is uh, I'm telling you, having a catheter alone was 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 a good (laughs) enough wake up call to never again, never again. That that catheter, uh, yeah, that's when I I solidified
1: my helmet usage. Go damn. (laughs) Um, So. Coming off the back of that traumatic story is my point. It's pretty hard to follow. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good, man. I, better your injury story is in terms of your recovery, the better. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I sort of deduct or deduce from from those two examples, yours and and Joe's. skate injuries just be hitting different, man. I mean, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Going going downhill on a longboard and sliding. If you if you overslide, you Kind of just slide, hence, hence the injuries, the the injury uh, statistics you had are basically skin grazers and things like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. The only way you can get yourself in more danger going downhill was if you overcorrect and then start going. Oh you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. Ass if you overcorrect
0: over and yeah, ass over feet is never fun. We yeah. call it scorpion. Um, ah, okay. You 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 basically look like a scorpion when you fall. But yeah, I I've been very fortunate that that did not happen to me when riding. I was pretty good at bailing. I mean, a lot of people, you know, their instinct is to throw their hands out in front of you. But if you tuck and roll, you're going to have way less injuries.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. With eSkate, there just seems like there are far too many variables to just rely on your skill alone to Absolutely. save you from an injury. Absolutely. Uh, it's when you start throwing electronics and motors and unfamiliar yeah. acceleration or braking curves in there the unreliability of a lot of ESCs. You know, there's there's nothing that's going to save you from an ESC shitting itself and you being, eject, you being ejected from the board. Right, um, yeah. It's just, it's a totally different ball game. And although, you know, I, I sing my praises to people with a lot of skate experience, for them to use that as an excuse to not wear a helmet is absolutely insane.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I never ride without a helmet and that's been the same case since day one of buying a skateboard i mean maybe when i was in middle school riding like a short deck trying to grind on a rail or something but
2: right Mm.
0: at after that point though in high school all throughout my current riding conditions i always wear a helmet doesn't matter what kind of helmet it is but i have to be wearing a helmet Mm.
2: yeah that that skater confidence um can, can be a good and a bad thing. Um, and I've and I've told people who have who said, oh, I know how to skate. I've skated for years. I know everything about this board. I built it myself. And I said, yeah, that doesn't stop Karen from plowing you over with a minivan. I assure you. <laughs> it's always Karen. I, right. Yeah. Come on, Karen. But no, seriously. I mean, you can be the most amazing skateboarder. I mean, you could be riding the most expensive board. You could have all the experience. You can win all the trophies. But that just doesn't stop somebody from not looking, running a red light. I mean, and it's game over. And that's it. Um, and that's heartbreaking, uh, to hear about. Um, we just had somebody get injured very seriously in Grand Rapids. Yeah, we don't recently. know him. Um, but yeah, in Grand Rapids, uh, another one of our riders that we know saw it happen. He wasn't wearing a helmet and our rider had to call 911 while the dude was laying there unconscious. And that's oh, heartbreaking, especially for yeah. somebody that's passionate about the the people and the the community. Um, we don't want that. We want you riding with us for a long time, you know? And so it's, it's both mildly frustrating of that obstinance of, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. And I, it's, it's also heartbreaking because you have this, we're pretty sure how that's going to end. Um, and not Mm. great. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Please, please don't learn the hard way people. I mean, e-skating is, is just a totally different box of frogs. You you don't know what's going to happen. So be prepared.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that kind of ties into, uh, one of the topics we wanted to talk about, um, Recently, uh, there's been quite a few different reports from many different companies about their products having some issues. Um, one of those uh, being the GTR remote failures. And I don't know mm. if it's specifically the remotes. Um, I've just heard you know reports of the GTR failures. And I don't think it's a large spike at this point, but there's definitely been some. And just knowing off of uh, what's happened in the past with the Evolve, I'm curious what your take is, Sam, since you... Uh you you ride Evolve as your daily driver so mm-hmm. I'm curious if you've ever experienced any of those issues and if you've heard of issues like that uh from Evolve themselves.
1: No, I haven't heard anything from Evolve themselves. It's it's an issue that they will always refuse to recognize publicly, I believe. Um and for me personally, I'm very I'm very hot and cold on Evolve um for a whole bunch of different reasons. Number one, they're so popular in Australia because it's obviously an Australian company and they're so easily accessible, which is a bit – this is a strange one to sort of figure out because the boards are manufactured and distributed from China. Yes, it's an Australian-based company and their, their head headquarters is based here. Um, yet for some reason, probably because we're so close to China maybe, maybe the distribution uh, the distribution fees to get their own boards into the country is a lot less, uh, or sorry, the shipping fees to get their boards into their own country is a lot l- less. Right? And perhaps the volume that they're bringing in brings the cost down again, but they really are so cheap down here, guys. You know, that's, that's the thing. If you want to get yourself on a board that has, you know, everything you want in one package at a reasonable cost, because the alternative, there's two alternatives, three alternatives, sorry, DIY. And if you're not DIY inclined, well, that's off the table really straight away. Mm -hmm. Um, There's going budget boards from China, which is reasonable, but uh, up until very recently, they didn't hold a candle to something like I can evolve. Right. Um, um, But the other option is to, of course, import from the US, which is actually something that everyone who's been involved in escape for more than a year, just down here, yearns to do. We all want to import a Cali or a lacroix or a Hoyt or even a tramper or something like that that's something we yearn to do but the cost blowout is absolutely insane if you're not in the northern hemisphere you know let alone right. in the United States but if you're just not in the northern hemisphere man you've got to mortgage your house to get one of those boards down here it is just not viable for the average person right which leads most of us back to evolve it's literally the best board you can get for the money the money you've got Um So I turn to them quite a lot for that reason, because you get quite a lot out of their package for a reasonable cost where we are in the world. And I did have a lot of trouble with Evolve early on. I've had a lot of Evolve boards actually, and really only one of them gave me tremendous trauma. It was a bamboo GT and I called it Christine because it had a life of its own (laughs) and it tried to kill me at every opportunity it could possibly get. And my relationship with Evolve soured for quite some time over that board. Um, But then again, you know, there were so many missed, um, so many unfulfilled promises from other board manufacturers about getting their products, you know, out there into the marketplace, things that I had my eye on. And I was like, God, well, I still need to keep riding. And I'm looking at my old Gen 2 Evolve, my very, very first e-skate. Uh, you know, starting to really sag and die, the power's dying, the range is dying, and I was like, I can't keep riding this thing forever. Crap, I'm really going to have to get another Evolve. I, I, played with the idea of DIY. Um, I played with the idea of DIY. I played with the idea of DIY. I did a kit build, which was, you know, not half bad, bit of an ESC issue there, but, you know, that was okay for a little while. But, you know, if I wanted to go on long rides and, you know, I, having started my e journey on Evolve with Double Kingpin, you either love it or you hate it. And I think if you start with it, you get used to it and you don't want to go back. You know, other boards I ride with reverse kingpin, you know, that you can get some enjoyment, some carving enjoyment out of it, yeah. but it's just not the same as, as Yeah, it's not kingpin. as fine. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you start on reverse kingpin, you go onto something like double King pin and you go, "This is ridiculous. what is this thing? It's all over <laughs> yeah. the place so it's it's six to one half dozen the other but for me it's double King pin. Um, you know I'm not a speed demon not a speed demon. Um, I do like to carve and enjoy the ride as much as I can but from from that bamboo GT um, and my kit build, I eventually had to cave in and buy myself a GTX. And that was okay. I did a battery upgrade on it. Um, funny thing is the battery upgrade didn't really improve the performance that much. I think it probably would have, prefer- would have improved the performance over the life of the board in terms of the pack lasting longer and yeah. things like that. But it didn't really improve the range or the power or anything like that. Right. Um, it, was like, it was okay, but here's the thing. It was the tremendous amount of failure reports still going on that concerned me. And that's when I had to sell it and get a Boosted, you know, because Boosted had started distribution in Australia. And I just thought, well, I know the range isn't that fantastic, but it gets me to where I need to go, which is mainly work during the week. And I just need to feel safe. And at the moment, the reliability of, of it, yeah, the failure rate of Evolve is just too much for me to wrap my head around. I can't have that risk looming over my head. So away went the GTX. And then they finally released the GTR, and they have the new Bluetooth connection. Um, they say the ESC had been refined or rebuilt from the ground up. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to give you guys another shot because I just really like the formula. The formula works. It's a great board. Yeah, with a lot of issues. <laughs> but if they're telling me they've got the issues sorted, you know, look, uh, yeah, it's if a that's a no I'm gonna give it another crack and you know you, you might be you might be lying through your teeth but I'm gonna be the one to find <laughs> that out. So I grabbed a bamboo GTR and it was perfect out of the box you know never any issues um, but uh, I ended up selling it because I needed to basically reduce my electric skateboard stock at the time that I had going on throughout the house and to be honest the, the boosted was was my favorite at the time. The GTR was just a little too heavy for what I needed. Uh, extremely cumbersome to move around and carry around. I needed to carry my board a lot at the time, and it's just you know I'm just going back to the boosted. It's it's fine. It's it's doing the job. Particularly after I threw some orangutan knuckle bushings in there.
0: Oh yeah. And I
1: started to get a better carve out of it, and was like, yeah, I'm just going to stick with the boosted. I'm just going to stick with the boosted. Um, but then you know going from the evolve again back to the boosted, it's just yeah, it's more convenient, but it's not as fun. It's not as carby. This is, Yeah. This is the internal argument I have with myself all the time. You know, I my opinion on this stuff just changes weekly, which is why I'm so frustrated, I guess, as a creator when I put my opinion out there. It's like, this is what my opinion is now.
0: Yeah, but God knows what it's going to be tomorrow. Any minute, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so then I thought, okay, I'm going to get another GTR, but I'll get a carbon this time. I've never had a, a carbon from Evolve, they've always been bamboo. So I almost just got it for something different. And, uh, I'm looking at it right now, sitting over there in the corner of what's my new sort of studio room and I love it. It it has been faultless, but there have been a huge spike of failure reports again. And it almost seems like the boards, the GTRs needed to be out there in the wild for a while for these issues to surface. I mean, I highly doubt that they were testing these boards for a year before release so they would have been tested for you know six months at most, maybe uh, the different componentry in different ways. So it wasn't enough time for these issues to surface. But now that they've been out for probably a little less than a year, I think now, the GTRs, yeah. now people are starting to experience these issues. And maybe they were unforeseen, but I think there is a fundamental issue with the fact that they still use, might've been rebuilt from the ground up, I don't know, but they still use the same schematic for their ESC and i think until they change that fundamental issue we're going to keep seeing failure spikes in in their boards it's yeah. unfortunate it's annoying it gives me the absolute shits but now i'm looking at my gtr over there in the corner which i love and i'm starting to get a little scared of it because now i just feel like now that the failure rate has spiked the clock's ticking and it's like when is my number going to come up and yeah, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what to do about it now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things that given time, almost everything will fail eventually. Right. I mean, there was definitely the si- similar issues with boosted um, now that they're not being supported by this great customer service team. Um, you're having issues with the batteries dying, getting red light of death. Um, you yeah. had their trucks that were breaking uh, with the V2 when, before they switched to the CNC, um, There's there's every company has these issues. It's just how they handle it. And in the past, boosted was really successful. They had that customer service team to manage all of those problems, have your board repaired for free, have your motors repaired for free. Everything was being just taken care of. Even if you weren't under warranty, they were sending new motors. I myself had motors replaced that were out of warranty because boosted said, Oh, well, that shouldn't happen. Let's just send you some new motors. So I think that may be a, a stark difference between Evolve and Boosted at that time was Boosted was willing to shell out the extra money and that might have contributed to their downfall. Um, mm. But at some point, you you have to put the customer first. Um, and that's one thing that I'd like to see Evolve kind of continue to grow towards. I think they they have the name, they have the recognition, and I think they have great products. They just need to start putting their customers first a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really fair point. Um, it's it's really the last thing they need to do to have the perfect all round product for the average person, if that makes sense. Um, there are always going to be more powerful boards. There are always going to be more uh, boards more suited to, you know, the 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 real enthusiast. Um, speed demons and things like that that are out there, There they're always going to be more premium boards. I mean, you look at the Callies and the Laquas. I mean, unless Evolve want to start playing in that arena, you know, you've really got a really good all-rounder for most people. Yeah. Um, But the ESC, I mean- You got to figure it out. It's essential. It's essential. It's the heart of the board. It's the heart and brains of the board. And if if you, you can't get that- operating with near 100 reliability over a timeline of years because that's how long people hold on to these things for um, then you really need to go back to the drawing board and it, it concerns it concerns me a lot you know I one of my most successful blog posts in the real early days was about evolve and their failure rate in the GT GTX era and I wrote that post off the back of only having really one bad evolve. That's not a bad success rate for someone who's owned probably over half a dozen. That's pretty good. So it, is, it is pretty good. So there's a lot of beat up, I think, about it. And um, in a way, I think I contributed. I contributed to that beat up. But people need to know. People need to know the what's really happening out there. Even if it is perhaps only a one in six chance of something. Terminally going wrong with your board, and you perhaps having a incredibly horrendous injury because of it. One in six is still pretty bad, you know. On the whole, individually, individually, I'd run that risk. But on the whole, out there in the community, there there are things that that people need to know. And I think the hard thing about commentating on stuff like that is you don't really have any empirical evidence to back it up. Um, You're basing everything you're writing about and everything you're talking about on the feel and the reports that you get through the community by monitoring Reddit, by monitoring the forums, by monitoring all of the Facebook groups, how many things sound like legitimate issues versus how many things at the end of the day sound like user error, despite the fact that the person might not want to admit that it was user error, or perhaps they don't even know it was user error, but you you get the feel of what these sorts of things are over time. And the amount of what sounds like legitimate issues, when they start hitting a peak that starts to feel unacceptable, you can't help but acknowledge it. You know, it, it, Even though Evolve is probably one of my favorite brands, again, just for local reasons and accessibility reasons, and it really being a package that suits me, and that's different for every rider, but for me, Evolve's package really suits me. And to be perfectly honest, if I could get a Metro Board X, I probably would. Um, but you know financial constraints probably limit me from doing that, so evolve is the right package for me, so it hurts it hurts to look at the package I enjoy most and go i'm not sure if you're reliable enough to keep there against my wall near my door ready to go. Yeah. I might have to do something. You might have uh, to think
0: about some some other options, yeah, and that really sucks yeah well and it's it's heartbreaking, I mean. You, you want these local companies, especially Evolve being from Australia, to be successful. So, I mean, here's to hoping that they are able to come up with an option or something to address the issues. And I I mean, I support them addressing the issues and taking care of it because that's really what the customers want at the end of the day. And statistically, uh, if you ask anybody, the loudest people are always going to be the ones that have issues. So yeah it may be a less ratio than one to six it, it may be one in ten but regardless it'd be nice to hear a little bit of recognition from evolve and hearing them uh take on some of that blame and uh coming up with a resolution whether it's replacing mm. escs or
1: something but yeah i'd like to see a little bit of uh change from them i think the time has come for them to for them to do it i mean there were so many things fundamentally wrong with the GT and GTX series boards that um, throwing out an ESE replacement would have been uh, would have only fixed really a third of the problems that they were having, you know, because they still had remote problems. Yeah. They still had battery problems. But the connectivity with regards to the remote is really good. The battery pack and system is now really good. It's just that ESC. So perhaps the time is now. Perhaps the time is to now look at the books and look at how many gtr owners there are, are out there and maybe it's time to turn to hobby wing maybe it's time to look at building a vesc based product and getting it out there in people's hands all gtr owners just get it as a gift and then yeah. it goes into all future boards from then onwards yeah but absolutely it's probably not that easy you know it's easy, easy easier said than done exactly I mean, um, if they were to do something like that they'd have to look at an entirely new remote system as well um, so the R2 Bluetooth remote, that whole project and the amount of investment and money that would have gone into that all go in the bin. So you can understand their reluctance to do it, but what kind of cost to your, uh, your brand value and your fan base and things like that, is it, is it going to be, maybe they've done some sort of risk assessment. Maybe this is a bit like flight club and they know exactly how many boards are, fail- are going to fail and they think it's worth the risk. Yeah, I don't yeah, know <laughs> in their minds. It's
0: okay. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. always the possibility, right? Um,